Welcome to the Dishes and Destinations podcast, where we dish about the hottest travel trends, amazing food, and how one does not exist without the other. Taking you on this inspirational journey are our amazing hosts, Toya Robles, acclaimed chef and owner of The Salted Crust and Saffron Smoothie. Joined by Clavia Howard, five-star travel advisor and owner of Lazy Days Cruise and Travel. To the discerning travelers and exquisite foodies, join us in the lounge and prepare to be escorted on a voyage of exotic travel and culinary tips and highlights. Prepare for takeoff. Well, I tell you, Latoya and Clavia, Ralph introduced me to an original Crucian dish. I had never heard of it before. <laughs> I had never seen it before. And one of um, our regional managers was with us. She had never seen it before. <laughs> we had never heard of Red grout. Red? What? Okay, exactly. And I said, Ralph, I don't know about this. Uh, <laughs> I just, I got to watch, you know, my stomach. No, okay, try it. And he was going through this whole thing about what it was. I had never heard of this dish before. And it was really, really good. That's it. I've had it a couple times. Some other chefs who remain anonymous, but yours was the best. It was really, really good. So... Thank you for introducing me to that one because I had never heard of it before. Definitely. definitely. So you know you have to fill us in. What is red grout? Yeah, exactly. So red grout stems from part of our history. It's our history of seven flags. One of our last rulers before we were bought by the um, U.S. was the Danish. And so a Danish dessert is red grout. It is a tapioca-based dessert that's guava-flavored. So one of the most important parts of red grout, like for instance, I have the pleasure of being able to just pull a cookbook right off from in front of me. <laughs> this, is, this is recipes from my mom's kitchen by my great aunt, Myrna P. James Roberts. Um, and she grew up in Gallows Bay. And in here, she has a recipe for red grout. And I'm going to read it to you so that you can understand like how easy it is to mess up. <laughs> because it, it's so simple. So red grout, there's two cups of water a quarter of a teaspoon of salt, one cup of guava juice, five tablespoons of tapioca, half a cup of raisins, two tablespoons of sugar, and four drops of red food coloring. That's red grout. So it's very easy to mess up because red grout, it's got a thicker than pudding um, consistency because tapioca is cassava. Everybody knows cassava. You mm -hmm. boil it, you eat it on the side as a provision. And it's very starchy. So mm -hmm. they reduce that cassava down and they take the starch and they create these pearls. The larger ones are used in boba tea and you get that in East Asia. Mm -hmm. But in the Caribbean, we use the small ones, the little pearls, and we use that to make red grout. And so if you steep those pearls, that five tablespoon of pearls in one cup of guava juice and two cups of water, as the pearls break down, they become thick and starchy and you create a texture that's viscous, but then you still have the pearls because they maintain their form. So you've got these little pearls in this guava juice, and then you flavor it with some sugar, you put some raisins, and if your guava juice isn't pink enough, you add red food coloring to give it that pop of red color. So it's very easy to mess up this recipe. So for me, I didn't like the fact that you were watering down the guava juice with water. So I instantly take out the water. There needs to be no water content. Forget that. Let, let that go. And then guava juice, you guys are in Dallas and Atlanta, respectively. If you tried to make that recipe, you could, because you could walk into any grocery store and find the ethnic aisle and probably find a Goya product labeled guava juice. 
But that guava juice just has no essence of a real guava. Like, if you pull a guava off a tree in mm-hmm. the U.S. Virgin Islands, yeah. the smell, the aroma, mm-hmm. just from the outside is incredible. And then you get to the inside and the sweet flesh. I mean, the whole experience. And so if you compare that to a glass of guava juice, there really is no comparison to me. So I need fresh guavas and then I need water to boil guava shells to make my own guava juice. So you need to be able to create everything from scratch with the real ingredients to really get the flavor. So for me, it's really just Take the water out, get real guavas, get yourself some real guava juice, and then add the pearls, stir. Let me tell you, um, Kate didn't mention, right? Kate didn't mention, but her coworker was with us at that day we cooked red grout. I'm so surprised you weren't there, Latoya, because we were, it was an event in Dallas called City Men Cook, and we served red grout. I gave her a turn to stir the pot. Stirring a stock pot that holds about 22 quarts um, is no joke because it takes about three hours for the pearls to dissolve to the point where they're translucent. And if you stop at any given point, the starch from the pearls will burn to the bottom of the pot and then you'll burn the red grout and then (sighs) I got to start over. So it's a constant stir for three hours. It's a labor of love, <laughs> which is why you don't hear Definitely. about it. Definitely. You don't hear about it that often. You don't, because you like traditionally... One is just huge. Yes. Traditionally, it was a <laughs> holiday dessert. So it was normally just served during the Christmas time. And then it was served at very high-end catering events back in the days. So in the late 1900s, early 20th century, you would find this at really high-end catering events or just served during the Christmas. So you don't see it a lot traditionally here at any restaurant because the work, the, yeah. the labor. The labor is, uh, that cup is about $45. Okay. And it's a, dessert. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dessert. So it's like, and it's usually paired with a cream. So you do red grout and then you do a cream. So I did a passion fruit cream on top of it. And the combination between passion fruit and guava, boom, like it just hits. Oh, yeah, that's- it really does hit. Passion fruit, guava, just, it's a kind it's- When was the last time you made red grout? Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't that long ago. Really? Um, this was last year. Um, we did an event at the government house here on St. Croix. I had one of my lovely assistants in the kitchen. <laughs> Stirring the pot. Weapon <laughs> <laughs> that, let me tell you. Getting their workout in. She called the next day and she was like, we're never making red grout. <laughs> 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 you got to give her an extra tip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just last year we did an event at the government house and um, it's just one of those things. It's a classic. You've got to bring it back. And that's another thing I learned as I, like I said, I moved back here in 2016. So I've been back on island for four years now. And as I got a chance to speak with my grandmother before she passed, and I got a chance to dive into more of the history of our cuisine, there's so many recipes throughout the U.S. Virgin Islands that we no longer cook because they take so much time. It's mm-hmm. so much preparation to make that one thing that over time we've just let it go because as a society, we mm. need instant food. You need instant gratification. I need to be able to cook it now, make it happen. I need it now. I need it. And so we've lost so much of this amazing culture through food. Um, And so I've honestly thought about, you know, throwing the catering company to the side many a times and diving into just 
becoming a historian on our local food and like bringing mm. back every old recipe and developing that so that everyone has a chance to taste it. But it's so much work. It's so much work because in the U.S. Virgin Islands, everything is an oral history. Like I'm really lucky to be able to pick up a cookbook from St. Croix, but that's not the case with a lot of the things that are gone now. A lot of it is just oral history and oral traditions that are passed on from family, you know, it's a family or generation to generation. And so every time you lose someone, there goes another right. two dozen, dozen yeah, recipes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, so I have a VI cookbook. It's in my kitchen. I would move, but this whole background going to fall off. Uh, <laughs> and it was a PDF and it's from, it is old and it has recipes from all of the islands and there's stuff in there. I'm like, what is this? Like, I didn't even, of course, you know, you have like the Johnny cake and them thing, yeah. but there's stuff in there. I didn't even have no, no idea that, you right. know, because we don't make them. We don't make it anymore. Yeah. Right? I try to cross-reference recipes that I learned with others, but then these are two more. So I've got let all we cook. cook. And then I've got Kujan Nyam Nyam. Love it. I've got three different ones and it's the same. Like I'll cross reference things in one with something in the next. But like you said, there is like, for instance, this dish on page one, first page, it's called mafe. And it is the most amazing thing ever. It just sounds like, oh, mafe, what is that? I don't know how we let this one go. But of all the things that we have today, this is one that should be brought back. It's a soup and it's made with fish, salt, beef, and tomatoes, parsley, the whole nine. But the thickener for this soup is cornmeal. And so it's one of those, again, that's very fussy because you put a little mm, too, too much, much cornmeal. Yeah. And, and you're like, ugh. And you're like, we got fish fungi. Or yeah, like, yeah, fungi. You're not how to put you with beef in it. Yeah. Or you don't put it up and it's just like, it's just like yellow water. So I, I've had the dish now a couple of times. And I swear, I, I went to a family member who knows how to cook it. They're great at it. I had them teach us. We recorded it. We took notes. So I know how to make it. And I'm just like, this is my thing. <laughs> if I have the time and I can find all the ingredients, this is what I'm making myself. Like, this is a thing I crave. So there's a lot of recipes in here. Like, like you said, when my grandmother told me about fish pudding, I was like, Ooh, grandma, you crazy. you crazy. Fish pudding? And she's like, yes, this is, oh my God, it's a delicacy. And I'm like, explain it to me. And Kay has been to Buck Island, so you see those beautiful blue doctor fish on the reef. Mm-hmm. And we call those potfish. So you have to get blue doctor fish, and you take off the skin, and then you flake the raw meat, the raw fish meat, with a fork. And mm. after you flake all the meat off the bones, you then put that meat into a mold. There's a whole mixture with eggs and everything. And then that, so if you think of a bunt cake pan, mm-hmm. so you put this fish mixture into this bunt cake and then you rest. Back in the day, there was a specially designed bunt cake pan and designed pan. You rest mm. that cake pan in a big pot that goes on the stove. You pour water in, specially designed lid that locks on. And then you turn on the stove and you basically steam this fish pudding. And <laughs> the flat turns gelatinous and it sets. And then they would flip it onto a plate and you'd get served a slice of fish pudding. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, Grandma, you crazy. <laughs> no, this does not sound like it. But I have the recipe, and one day I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make it. And I'm That's sure right. it's going to be delicious. Yeah. But there's 
so many things that we used to make that we've lost now, you know, because a lot of it, like I said, is passed down from oral history, but also as you bring in all these different cultures and you center them on one island, one cuisine overpowers the next, the other then overpowers that, and you, you just become this whole mashup of cuisines mm-hmm. and cultures. And so it's hard to keep everything. You kind of have to lose a certain something to get a certain something else because mm-hmm. you're trying to please all your clients. And so you can't just say, we're only going to cook this because then you lose 50% of your market. So it's so important that, you know, we've had the people who have had the time to sit down and create these cookbooks because generations like me can sit back on our free time and say, hey, I want to really learn how to make an old Cusian recipe that, you know, was established in like 1837. I want to learn how to make that today in 2020. It's fun digging into them, but it's also scary because some of the things they used to eat I'm not, I don't <laughs> like, that's yeah. not good. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, oh. I'll pass. I'll pass on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm just sitting here and I'm like, man, I wish I was back home now. Because yeah. we have it better than a lot of people. We grew up in the Caribbean and we have our own unique customs, culture, cuisine. I mean, a lot of people can't say they have that. So... This is amazing. And it's, it's and paradise. We grew up in paradise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here we are in the States now. Well, except for... <laughs> except for Ralph. Except for Ralph. <laughs> jealous over here. <laughs> Ralph is like, I don't know about you, but I'm I don't home. know what y'all talking about. <laughs> and I've been eyeballing the beautiful wood beam ceiling, thinking back to when I was a kid. Our houses that had those ceilings, yeah, they yeah. kill for the late side. Like it's just so posh, and it's like, oh, everybody's yeah. house had that virgin <laughs> Yeah. So we do have a bonus segment. Speaking of when we were kids and things that are no longer around, we just kind of wanted to take a stroll down memory lane back in our childhood. And just what is either something that you did or something that you ate that you either don't have access to or it's just not around anymore that you just loved when you were growing up? For me, I'd say a couple of years ago, they built a bypass in St. Croix. And as much as I love it because we use it for exercising and, you know, traversing so you don't have to go through town, it makes life a little easier. There used to be a gut that ran behind it there. It came from the hills up on Recovery Hill and it would flow down through, you know, that area where the bypass is now and then flow through town and down to the ocean. And that gut over the years had built ponds and one after the other, they had got larger and larger and larger. And so anytime it rained, my dad would take us to my grandmother's house and we would climb down the hill in her backyard to get to the gut and traverse the gut all the way up to the big ponds. And we'd go swimming in these natural springs, basically. And it was an amazing time as a kid, you know, and then you come back up to your grandmother's yard and there's the acerola cherry, there's a tamarind tree, there's a little tangerine tree, there's the government plum tree. You know, there's so many fruits to pick. And so for me, I really miss those times back then when it was just so simple, you know, jump in the back of the pickup truck and drive Mm -hmm. over and go take a swim in the gut, like fresh water, (laughs) fresh rainwater flowing from the mountain. That, those are just some of the most, you know, pleasant, free, just amazing times I've had on this island. And then eating something to eat, I'd say food wise, we still get a lot of things here and 
it's funny because as a chef, you know, I want everything fresh. Now that I'm in <laughs> that realm, I, I want to go procure everything fresh. I want to eat everything fresh. But brow soda and island berries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You took mine. I was like, brow soda. I mean, it was one of those things. <laughs> I mean, granted, every flavor tasted almost exactly the same because it was just syrup and water. Yeah. <laughs> a bro soda, man. Oh my god! An American. I was like lime Ricky, lime Ricky American for me. Ice cream, ice pineapple, cream. Uh, banana, sorrel. But I was just beer. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> but then you get to Island Dairies, and it was like the passion fruit, the guava, pineapple, their ice creams. I mean, the whole experience. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it was that. And then when we had Island Dairies, we had the dairy. Mm-hmm. So my dad would take us to the South Shore and we'd drive up to Great Pond and we'd go to the dairy and they'd milk the cows in front of you and you'd get a fresh, cool glass of milk right from a cow. I mean, it, it, the whole experience, the whole experience. Okay, so, so ba- basically Ralph took mine because mine was brow soda and St. Thomas Dairies rum raisin ice cream. <sighs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kay? Oh, I mean, I think just about everything from childhood, really, because, you know, it's a, people say sometimes, you know, when you're a kid, you were happy and you didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You mean, you think back to all just the happy-go-lucky free stuff. But I think for me, the two memories, and it's a lot, that stand out the most, we lived in Smith Bay. So we were close to Cookie Point. So every Sunday, my dad would take us to Cookie Point Beach. And we would swim and I could play and da, 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 da. But before that, because we went to 6 a.m. service at uh, Wesley Methodist Church. So after that, we would come home and have breakfast. And like Ralph was saying, we had so many trees in our yard. My favorite fruit growing up, and I just had this conversation on another podcast, was soursop. So daddy would pick some soursop. He would pick some papaya which I never was a fan of, but we also had sugar cane. So I remember so vividly my father getting his machete and going out and cutting some sugar cane, shaving it, and just sitting outside on a Sunday, just sucking on the sugar cane and all the sugar cane, just juice Mm -hmm. just (laughs) oozing everywhere. (laughs) Just getting good and sticky, just enjoying Sunday, doing nothing. So those were good times, good memories as a kid. Happy you didn't even know it. Yep, exactly. Just happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kay kind of stole my answer because um, <laughs> one of my, um, my favorite thing was like on a Sunday, everybody goes to the beach. Everybody goes to the beach on Sunday. And we used to go to Megan's Bay a lot. And then, you know, once you leave in Megan's Bay and you're going back up the hill and the dairy's right on the corner, exactly. which that dairy seemed like it only had one cow one there. One cow, just one yeah. cow chilling. The dairy just had one cow. <laughs> that was a super cow. <laughs> right. But you had the little ice cream shop right there at the mm-hmm. top of the hill. I think it was called Utter Delight. Yep. Is, yeah. is it still there? I wonder if they still have that ice cream place. But we would always stop there on the way home and get our ice cream. And that was like a thing for us. Like every time we leave the beach, we had to stop and get the ice cream. Mm-hmm. And then you spoke of the um, soursop. I remember my mom would make soursop ice cream. But oh, you know, the God. old school thing where you put it and then you have to start 
yeah. Crank. Yeah. Well, you know who was cranking. It wasn't. It wasn't mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'd be like, "Oh, come here, do this." <laughs> and so we cranked it. the sour sup ice cream. That used to be so good. And the last thing I missed was jungle juice. Oh yeah. I don't know if you guys remember Yo, jungle, jungle juice. juice. I remember jungle yes. juice. Don't yeah. spill jungle juice on your counter and your clothes <laughs> or nothing. That ain't coming out. And the apps with definitely specials. I used to eat specials. Yes. 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 Milk. Yes. 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 Double good. Mm-hmm. On the way from school, you stop by whatever lady house. Yes. Specials right out her window. I mean, we had the snow cones, the or free coal, or mm-hmm. whatever you choose to call it. Just all those goodies that we had, and now it's like, okay, you're mm-hmm. right. We were happy back then, and we didn't know we it. We didn't know it. What did you love, Toya? The thing I remember most. So my grandmother was a chef at the Lime Tree Hotel. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was one of the oldest cousins, so on Sundays, well, I was always in the kitchen with her. Because I had to help her like cook for our cousins. And I just remember just asking her, like, how come you store in a fungi like that? How come I was just question after question? And she's the one who really kind of started my passion f- for food. Because, you know, and they don't measure nothing. They don't just straight in the pot. And she just used to tell me that the food gonna tell you when it's good. And that's where like my whole thing came from. So just being in the kitchen with her and then my dad would take us on the weekends also. And he had this cherry picker. So we would be going around the island and he would be picking like, like kennep and we would just be like down there just catching these big <laughs> thing of kennep and then we just sit on and eat it. And it was just happiness and didn't even know it. Right. right. That's what I, I miss that so much. Yeah, those were the good old days. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now we could get some good cuisine because now we know how to find Ralph. Okay. And so. <laughs> uh, yeah, book, book that flight. Uh, <laughs> right. The lobster. You know, yes, get the lobster on the weekends. Are you doing it this weekend? We normally do it every Friday. Um, this week, right now on the forecast, it's supposed to rain from yesterday till Sunday. So oh. see. fingers crossed. I'm going to check the weather, see if things change. But if it does dry out, then we'll be out there this Friday um, cooking more lobsters on the wood side. But we'll see. Okay. We are, are going to find you, Ralph. We are going to find you. We are you in the States, but we will find you, you and can't eat miss it. You can't food. Miss it. <laughs> <laughs> this has been like amazing. This was so much fun chit-chatting with y'all. I mean, I, I hadn't seen Kay in a while, so it was nice to catch up. And it was nice to meet Ralph. I mean... It's just good talking about back home and the food and the culture and everything. It was amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm just glad to be talking to someone else who could talk about food for like ever. Just when you get into the, because Clavia sometimes be like, okay. Uh (laughs) But for our listeners, can you each tell us how they can get in contact with you, your social media, if they wanted to find out more about tourism and more about your thing, how, how can they get in contact with you? We'll start with you, Kay. Okay, well, um, really easy. My email is K-M-I-L-L-I-N-E-R at usvitourism.vi. You can also follow the U.S. Virgin Islands on Facebook at United States Virgin Islands. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is Visit USVI, and you can 
see all these wonderful, beautiful videos on all three of the U.S. Virgin Islands so you can see what we've been talking about today. For me, you can start with the website. So it's modacuisine.com. And through there, you should be able to find all my contact information. But you can also email us at modacuisine at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on any social media platform, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, the whole nine. It's always Mota Cuisine, so M-O-T-T-A Cuisine. And yeah, feel free to hit us up anytime we do private boutique catering, as well as on Fridays, you catch up on the roadside. (laughs) (laughs) It's been fun. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. And we hope to have you back, you know, at a later time to find out what's new. You know, what's going on new in the Virgin Islands and what's going on new at Moda Cuisine. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm glad we were able to connect and get together. Yes, awesome. Will you guys enjoy? And for our listeners, thank you. Yes, thank you for chilling with us in the lounge today as we celebrated the U.S. Virgin Islands. And we will see you on the next episode. Until later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. If you enjoyed listening, please rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. Stay connected with us on Facebook and our website at dishesanddestinations.com. That's dishes, the letter N, destinations. Until next time, taste life and travel often.